Hi everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Youth Vibes. I'm Daniel Sule. A few weeks ago, we talked about the importance of developing yourself for future careers in the corporate world. This week, my colleague Nkami Iwara talks with Fangunoska Danladi and Usho Baba, both entrepreneurs in their own right, about the path of the entrepreneur and the importance of collaboration in that space. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Welcome, Oscar. And Thank you. Welcome, Shu. Thank you. Okay. Oscar is CEO of iDelivery. Delivery platform, right? Yeah. While Ushu um, is the CEO of House of Shura. Yeah. Beauty, right? Yes, you're right. I know you work for yourselves. Being the CEO, you work for yourself, like you own the everything. What inspired you to start, you know, start off? What, if you understand me, what inspired the whole idea? I think ladies first, right? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> ah, yeah. All right. I like that. Um, for me, it's it's my love for fashion, basically. Like I love anything fashion, beauty in any form, and. To crown it all, I'm an artist. I read art in school, fine art to be precise. I'm a sculptor. So that is a whole package for me. So I love shoes. That was the beginning of everything. My love for shoes drove me into this uh, business, this uh, line of business. So I love to see people wear good shoes, people wearing what I love. So it gives me joy. So... Going into the business wasn't much of a challenge for me. All I needed to do was to know the in and out, what it takes to be in business and what it will cost, the cost effects of having to do such business. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, you know, growing up for me, I grew up within a context where uh, I saw my grandfather own a business. Uh, and for me, again, uh, that was like the foundation. But I would say uh, uh, when the thought process for setting up iDelivery came up, it was about problem solving, uh, and particularly for startups. And again, I didn't go into logistics business because of COVID-19, because a lot of people came into the business because of COVID-19. But it was prior to COVID-19, I started looking at what is one of the main challenges that startups or businesses particularly in just have. It's about moving parcels, moving their services from one point to the other, uh, providing this kind of convenience for their customers. So uh, it was one of the motivations. And then secondly, uh, the motivation I, I would also think that is very prime for me is the fact that I wanted to demonstrate to a lot of young people that uh, you can actually run your own business. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, and what I mean by that is the fact that I'm a pastor and a lot of people feel pastors should just be on the <laughs> pulpit. But I felt uh, it's not just about talking about what is possible. What about modeling it? So it was one of the prime motivations that sort of pushed me into, you know, applying some of the 
things I have on my mind to see how I can provide some kind of uh, business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I had to help deliver toast. Yeah. So how has it been in starting Okay, you want to start with me? Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I, I must say it's been very, very uh, adventurous, actually, <laughs> because I'm sure if I say very, very, somebody would think very, very challenging. But then it's been very, very adventurous. Why? Because uh, the context, again, of business in Nigeria, and particularly JOS, has so many unknown variables. So uh, what you think you figured out, like in terms of pricing, for instance, you now realize that uh, it's not the price you want to place on your product that people would actually pay for and buy. Uh, so what I mean by that is sometimes you feel your, your, your service or your product is worth 1,000 naira. But then people are not willing to pay 1,000 naira. So for me, it's been very adventurous, like trying a lot of new stuff, exploring new approaches. Uh, in fact, when I started, I had this big ambition, ad- ambition of launching uh, a, a mobile app. But, but you know, <laughs> I now realize that, uh, you know, you, you don't run business by ambition. You, yes, the ambition is there, which is the big picture. But then it begins with, you putting one piece of the block at a time. So, for instance, you want to have a mobile app. Why not figure out the mechanical part of the business? So, for me, it was adventurous. Why? Because I had to keep trying new things. I had to keep dealing with a lot of issues around human resource. I had to keep learning uh, some of the things you would never learn even if you read a textbook on business. So, I, I was literally out to learn so i was learning while building my own business well for me it's been challenging uh, like it was a tough one starting from the beginning and what i mean by that is we didn't just wake up to start one day it was something that started years ago yeah yeah Basically, it's it's me and my sister, but I'm more like the front runner of everything. Yeah, you're the face. Yes, I'm the face of everything. So, <laughs> I think so, I had <laughs> Shura, Shura and Sarah. Yes, you know. <laughs> so it was it, it started years ago. Like it initially, kickstarted like when I was in, will I say, when I, during my diploma days, when we just buy, you know, we go to the market, we're like, why not uh, create, uh, start selling, uh, you know, the basic popular name called Gonjo in Jaws, yeah. Okrika, Feliz, <laughs> clothes and shoes, and, you know, and we're like, ah, it would be a bad idea. At least mm-hmm. you're getting your extra change and, you know. So that was it for for us. Like, we all started and then, we saw how it was going, but at some point it wasn't really moving as it should because a lot of people don't want to buy because of the quality. A lot of people just want something affordable. So then we didn't understand a lot about business. We're just new to it. And yeah. there was a lot to learn and there was a lot of challenges with people, with customers, meeting their demands and all that. So at some point, again, we stopped, we broke, we switched into something more of the lingerines and, you know, 
it was quite a lot of challenges diving from, because we had a bigger picture, but how we're going to start was the problem. And if you don't start little, you can't get to that level where you, you've envisaged yourself to reach that goal you've set for yourself. So we're starting, dropping, picking here, dropping here, you know, a whole lot before eventually we got to where we are today and we were able to, you know, carve out something like that we could meet the needs of virtually a lot of people. Okay. So how did you identify the right audience for the book? Yes, okay. Can I? Uh, yeah, of Okay. Um, as, time went, as time went on, like, we realized a lot of people want quality and still want something affordable, affordab affordability. So we were able to use that as our own basis for creating that. We were able to create that niche between affordability and quality. So we bring in foreign goods because that's not something that is popular in just, you find that a lot of items here are very, either, if you're not going for the fairly used ones, then you hardly can see original or quality shoes or bags or clothes or name it. If they are not foreign goods, it's hard. Yeah. So we're able to create that bridge, like get someone who can supply, we buy, and then we sell. And at the same time, it's affordable. So that has been our, our uh, the, the niche we've been able to create to bridge in the gap between, because we have a lot of competitors on the market, so how do we come in? So being able to do that, we're able to penetrate the market and get our customers. So, <laughs> okay, you were, you were through their needs, obviously through their needs, right? Yes. And then through the, 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 the demands. Demands yes. from the market. Yes, yes. And then the not having quality. Quality, yes, yeah, oh, yes. Okay, so did you, like, I don't know. I've, I've, I hear of social media marketing and the like, and the like. So, how did you like get people to know know there's there's House of Shura around or something? To be honest, we didn't just start the social media directly. We went as far as doing more like a door to door publicity, like marketing. We went to as far as hospitals, banks, schools. Name it, public places. We were going, like, then I remember we were carrying our Ghana must go. Or, like, <laughs> on our heads, like, we could use keke, <laughs> use public transport, we go around. It was hard work, to be honest. It was hard work. And then a lot of people want to take your goods on credit. Nobody wants to pay. It was a whole lot of, but we were willing to put in the work. And then we did all that. Moving, we started with a small bag, and then we kept growing gradually. So it was before, eventually, we said creating our handles, and we are virtually on all the social media handles. We are on the social media platform. But we still do our marketing, door-to-door -door marketing, to be honest. We can't stop that, because there are people who are not on social media. How do you meet their needs? Yeah, I've actually heard something like, <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot leave your viewers lifestyle. <laughs> Okay. Something so, like that. Uh, Oscar. Yeah. How are you? Like, how did you identify the right audience for your service? Um, I would say one of the things she has mentioned, which is again, uh, employing the simple approach of 
getting just one customer at a time and leveraging on the concept of referral. Mm -hmm. Because um, uh, most times we, we, when, when, when I get one customer, what I do is I give that customer an experience. So how I was able to identify, yes, through the very basic, simple need of someone needing to get his parcel, but then uh, for the fact that the person buys from you once, the person does not automatically become a customer uh, until the person is able to repeat and refer someone. So for me, that's the model that I am able to convince one person and that one person repeats and that one person refers. But then shockingly, I was the first customer of my company. <laughs> In fact, the first month, I only made one delivery. Yes, the very first month, it was one single delivery I made, even after all the social media stuff, the trying to use you know, uh, the door-to-door -door and all of that. Uh, there was huge competition. Why? Because a lot of people were offering delivery at a flat rate. But I told myself I'm not going to do that. Why? Because it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't logical to give a flat rate for someone who is far distance and you give the same price for someone who is just close to you. Mm. So I, I, I decided very early that I was going to carve a niche and my niche is the fact that I'm going to charge people based on the distance, you know, uh, that they, they make delivery. So, but for me, it was just that ability to make someone use my service more than once, repeat it, and then refer someone. And that was how I was able to identify my customer. I was the first, but then the person that I got a parcel from was like, okay, what's this? You mean we now have a delivery company in just, and my dispatcher was like, yes, but it was actually my own delivery. Then eventually the person said, okay, I would like to use the service again. And we gave the person an experience and the person repeated it. And then the next thing I saw was that two other people were now using the service uh, because of the re referral of that person. So I just used that very simple model of making someone have an experience, have a value for his money. Mm -hmm. Then the person repeats the delivery. Then the person now eventually refers mm -hmm. someone. So that was the model I used. It's actually a very common model. Yeah, it is. So because on WhatsApp, you see some refer somebody. Yes, and and get yes access that's true. Exactly. Okay, so um, I think I feel like you know this. You have to you collaborate with either another agency or a company or an individual yeah. in running everything. So, to you, is it important to collaborate with other entrepreneurs? Very, very. I mean, that is the the beauty of business that whatever product you're selling, uh, you don't really have a monopoly. Why? Because the value chain, when you think about business, business has a value chain. So for instance, you could have a poultry, uh, or uh, you know, you, yes, you have a poultry, but then there's someone else who sells the feed, you know, and then there's someone else who sells the vaccine. So uh, collaboration is very critical. And very early for me, I looked out for, like I said, startups, like young businesses or just businesses that are about to start. And I pitch 
the idea of just working as a logistics company for them and giving them back some kind of discounted service or some kind of uh, coupon for their own businesses. So collaboration was a very critical pillar. And I don't think there's any business that will survive without collaboration. So there's almost no business that you go into that you, you just say, I want to do it all alone. So uh, collaboration was one very critical model or one very critical pillar of my business. And I think she could also add to that. Yeah. Yeah, he, as um, Famun just said, I, I agree with him 100%. Collaboration is very key. It's very important in business because if you don't collaborate, you can't be an island. And of course, for you to render services, you need other people's ideas, you need other people's help, you need other people's, um, uh, it's a circle. Yeah. You can't be on your own in doing this. So for me, it's, it was important as well because looking at we that import goods, some, at some point when during the COVID, it was hard to get goods into the country. But imagine uh, getting other plugs in Lagos who we just import, all you just do is reach out to them and and they send you um, stuff down to yours. You see, it has reduced your stress, your 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 cost. cost, and everything inclusive. So collaboration is very important in business. Depending whatever kind of business, any kind of business you're doing, it is key. It helps the business to grow. Mm, I know that everything is always a challenge. Yeah. yeah. So what challenge have you had to overcome? This collaboration. For me, at some point, you deal with a lot of characters. Some people <laughs> are not honest. Yeah, trust is yeah. very key. A lot of people who breach this trust. Yeah. trust me, you have to deal with that, and that's what makes you an entrepreneur. Like being able to overcome these things because trust, dishonesty. Ha, name it. There, there's, there's a whole lot to deal with, and if you don't manage this situation properly, you will really, really run into trouble. There are people that will even want to scam you. That is how bad it gets. Yeah. They will come in the name of, okay, they are offering these services. Okay, let's do this. Let's do that. And then the moment you're in, you make any transaction with them. That is the end of it. Yeah, and and, and truly, like she said. Uh, uh, which I, I really think it's one of the most difficult part of business, human resource, collaborating. Uh, sometimes you just want to just keep doing business alone. <laughs> Why? Because the moment you go out there to engage someone else or to use someone else's platform, uh, the tendency of you even uh, risking your money yes. is there, uh, being upset, because the person will not do it in such a way that you would want it, especially for people like us that probably want quality. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you want quality yes. of service. You want when the person says yes, it's yes. yes. When the person says no, is no. So uh, really, I think, uh, like she said, one of the things uh, for me I, that I had to do was just to be open to the fact that we live in a flawed society. 
So what it means essentially is when you decide to go into business, see it again as a platform for ministry. And what that simply means is that you are meeting all kinds of, all manners of people. It's easier to just meet people in church. Everybody looks holy. Everybody looks, you know, good. Everybody looks honest. But once you find yourself in the business world, what it essentially means is that you're meeting people at their weakest. Mm. And uh, only those who are, who are really saved, uh, again, because when money comes in, be rest assured that uh, you, that's when you see the true color of people. So and in business, collaborating with people, essentially you are ha having that opportunity to meet them as real and as raw that they are. So it gives you the opportunity again to now bring in your own value and not to tolerate some certain things, but to stamp your foot and say, you know, if, it's, if you're going to collaborate with me, either you maintain these values or these qualities, honesty, uh, you know, trust, you know, uh, quality and all of that. If not, if you would relate with people and you just want to do it anyhow, they would ruin your small business and you would lose not just the money, but the entire business. Just to add to what um, Farman just said, um, in this whole process, you're learning. Yeah. Because you will face challenges as such. But then your capacity to stand strong, your capacity to be patient, because you have to learn patience to be, trust me. I've had situations <laughs> where I, I'm naturally the type that I don't like to talk, I don't like trouble. But this has built me to such, such to the extent that I have to face people, like you literally have to face them, okay. to tell them what it is. Because I'm someone who, if you tell me my two, your, your two o'clock, your two o'clock should be your two o'clock. You're delivering this thing two o'clock, it's two o'clock. But you get people where that whole day is gone. You would, they won't even pick your call. So that alone can frustrate you. And of course, you can imagine if it's something you have to also meet, you're meet, trying to meet somebody's needs and then you can't meet up. What do you do? So you have to be spontaneous. You have to be patient. You have to, it, it teaches you leadership skills as well. Being able to lead, being able to manage people because you'll be vulnerable at some point. But what do you do at that point? So you have to think on the spot. You have to be able to manage situations. Okay. So considering what you know and have experienced, right, is there anything you would have done differently from the time you started? For me, what, uh, it would have been to, I wish I knew what I know now, then. <laughs> I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. Like, I've made a whole lot of mistakes. And then, but I thank God for where I am today. Um, um, I'm better off thanks to learning and, you know, being in the process because a lot of people will advise, a lot of people will tell you this, this, that, 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 because they're not in it. But you do are in it. You know what you're going through. And then you're learning on the job. You're learning while still in business. It's not been easy with this COVID. Yeah. It has thrown a lot of people off the business of the market, but I still thank God that I'm still in business and we're still striving to be better. Okay, so Oscar, is there any, do you have anything for us? Yeah, I one of the things I've learned so far, uh, you know, sometimes we we uh, we think that um, once you have a business, it's automatic that people would 
use your or buy your product or use your service. But something I've learned uh, as as a principle, if I had known when I started, uh, I think I would have done it differently. It's just this simple idea of uh, finding people who are interested in your product or in your service before even preparing it. And by that, uh, you know, there's this idea of the way uh, these women that fry kose, they just come in the morning, they are optimistic that yeah. once they put oil, fry the kose, people would buy. But, but then sometimes uh, it doesn't happen that way. Uh, what if they are able to determine... 10 buyers, like, determine, are you interested in getting kose every morning for your children or something? And then they produce the kose in the morning for these specific buyers. I mean, just that kind of model. It will help them sell better, mm -hmm. and it will help them save their losses, reduce their losses. So I have learned this model of there's a way you can get potential buyers first before you even start producing or before you start cooking your service. And then lastly, uh, I've learned this principle, which if I, I wish I had known before I started, that uh, if you want to start a poultry, why not start by selling eggs? You know, why not start by selling eggs? Because sometimes people have this big ambition of, I want to have a poultry farm but they have no idea of how to sell the eggs. And the end product is they produce eggs and someone comes in and buys it at a miserable price. So why not build your skill of selling? So I've learned that every entrepreneur is a marketer. Uh, you have to learn some basic skills of marketing. If not, you will lose your money and your profit for marketers. So there are people who are very good in marketing. You have to essentially pay them. So... The place of basic learning of entrepreneurship and marketing your product, for me, I think is very critical. It's something I had wished I had known. You know, I thought, okay, once I have my product, I don't have to sell it myself. But I've noticed that nobody is more convinced about your product like you. Uh, people can come and sympathize with you. Oh, okay, you have a company now, good company. Oh this thing is good <laughs> but it, they will just be very sympathetic with you but I mean the power to convince people to buy your product lies with you because you are the initiator of the vision you are the one who understands it much more better you believe in it better than anyone else so I wish I had known how to sell things better before I started uh, because I lost a lot of money for people who claimed they were going to design marketing strategy for me and all of those stuff. And today I'm back to square one because I have to essentially be my number one marketer, you know. So uh, that's some of those things I wish I had known before I started. For me, another strategy I have used, I'm still using is yeah. myself. I always wear good stuff. That's true. So I'm my number one marketer. <laughs> so I market myself and to be trust me like he has what is still working true a lot of people see my footwear they'll be like oh I like what you're wearing straight up you I sell it 
I have some. Yeah. Can I bring them? I can't uh, even sell one on my leg. My leg. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that simple. I like the top you're wearing. Oh, I sell it. I like your jewelry. Uh, I sell it. I like yeah. your... You see? It's straight up. And that is how you just build. And then I have learned to smile a lot. Like, just it has worked for me. <laughs> yes, it has worked for me. And it's still working. So that's another... I'm always making reference to myself because, to be honest, I've lost some money giving it to people to help you market and yeah. marketing is key to yeah. so it is key in business if you don't know how to market your stuff nobody will know you yeah and nobody will refer anyone to you so that is okay so so far in the whole journey so will you see you're, you're already there like is, has the journey been a success or still, still in the learning process for me, I'm still in the learning process. I'm not there yet. Okay. <laughs> I still have a long way to go. Like, there's still a whole lot to do. Like, because it's, it's, it's a gradual process. And every day, every week, every month, you come up, you meet challenges, and you realize, ah, how comes I didn't even know this thing? And you just realize that, okay, if I, uh, if I know this thing, I would have done this thing differently. Or I would have done. So you find that every day, and then you still think of new ideas, how to, you know, revamp your business, how to revamp everything about the business because people want to see you grow. People want to, people who are ready to destroy you are out there. Yeah. They, they are looking at, they're like uh, eagles, like they are ready, they are just their eyes out, just on you, ready to see that you fail. So you have to do everything possible to keep yourself in business and every day is a, is a whole new uh, game on its own. Yeah. So for me, it's still a learning process. So what will you now define as success to you, like for yourself? Oh, uh, for me, success is when I can go to bed and my business is running on its own. I know I've gotten to one level, I've attained one level of my life or my, of the business that yes, it's working on its own. But at this point, I can't even do that a hundred percent. I can't leave the business on its own to run on its own. It's not there yet. Yeah, I, I think we. I also <laughs> share in her experience. Like really, uh, I share in her experience. Um, still learning. I'm still learning. In fact, I don't think I've made my profit yet. My my <laughs> yes, my business is just over a year, and I'm I'm just trying to break even. What I mean by that is I'm just trying to get that the business to that point where it can run itself like by itself and what i mean by that is that i don't put my money yeah. inside of it mm -hmm. uh not that i stop paying myself yet and i think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of people who are interested in entrepreneurship seem to not know that you can't even start eating from your business yet even when you think you're making profit mm -hmm. you have to allow it to that place where it's self-sustaining I mean, the 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 records, the cash flow, it's able to, uh, you know, cover for not just the running cost, but for expansion. Uh, and like she also said, uh, success for me too, I think, is when I am not there, when I'm not the one managing my business, when I don't have to to be there for it to to run. I have I have tried it, uh, and I think I'm almost there. Uh, because again, success is actually not a a point in business. Uh, success is like a starting point. 
<laughs> in business. So it's not like the end point mm. is where you just begin because again, when your business be- becomes self-sustaining, there's a need for expansion. Yeah. There's a need to break newer grounds. There's a need to to uh, explore newer ways of even doing it. Probably there's even need to start selling other products uh, that are to a large extent uh, related to your 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 business. But then success for me is when I'm not there. In fact, is when I start another business because I'm exploring uh, coffee right now. I'm already exploring coffee. I've started making some sales actually, but it's not yet a full-fledged business because it's not registered yet. But for me, that's success that I move on to something else, like that I sleep in my house and then my bank mm-hmm. account is just yeah. ringing. <laughs> that's success for me from my business. So that's success. But most importantly for me, success is when, because I believe that my business reflects my value. That when you see I delivery today, you have a foretaste of Oscar. So for me, success is when somebody encounters, like each time I read my customer's review, uh, one of them said, I love what you guys are doing. For me, that's the excitement that I give my customers an experience. And they are asking, like, who owns this business? And then what oozes out is he's a Christian or he's a child of God or he's a believer in Jesus Christ. And for me, again, uh, business gives me that uh, environment where I can practically be a Christian. You Mm -hmm. can't claim to, if you want to know how to pray very well, start a business (laughs) <laughs> That's when you will pray very well, where your, your product <laughs> is on the way and you are afraid of what police will do and all of that. If you want to learn how to love people, right, start a business because someone will look at you in the eyes and insult you. Mm. And then you will learn how to, you know, even in that point, learn how to control yourself. So success for me is that you encounter my business and you're asking who owns this business. And the reflection is he's a child of God and all of that. So that's success for me. Wow. And um, I'm actually learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what can you say to someone out there, you know, listening? Do you want to go first? Okay. Um, what I'll say is, before you think of, before you say you're going into business, this is from experience. Please do your paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> your paperwork, do your groundwork, your background check, everything. Make yeah. sure things are in place. In as much as you have to learn some things while in it, but please, you know, get your proposal right. Get your your your. Wh- what do you want to do? Let it go in line with what you have interest in. If you don't have interest in it, trust me, you will break. When the challenges, you're, when you're faced with the challenges, you will break. You will, you will give up. But what keeps you going is your interest, your motivation, your, your passion for this thing, for the, for the idea you're trying to build, you're trying to grow. So you have to make sure these things are in place. Even though you'll be tossed left, right, left, right every now and then, and before you know it, you're giving up. You'll be like, and business don't just grow in one day. It takes years. It takes time. So you have to be patient. The fact that this person boomed in one year. You don't know the background work he did. It's just like planting a seed. You don't know what's going on underneath. But we just see a beautiful plant, you know, 
uh, lush green looking all, you know, but you don't know what has gone down. So you need to ask the right question, meet people, mentors, you need mentors, you people need who are, collaborate. yes, you need to collaborate. <laughs> yes, you need to collaborate with the right people, not just collaborate, but collaborate with the right people. What value do you want to place on your good, on, your, on the business you're going, you know, these are things you need to put in place. So for you to really go into business, you have to think well. It's not just because Mr. A got it right, Mr. B is blooming, like I just want to be like Dongote. And then I don't know what the work Dongote has put in. I just, then you will crash. That's the truth. So we have to really put in the work first. Do your background check. Do your underground work first. Build yourself. Equip yourself. Read. Learn. That will help us grow. Yeah, I, I believe that everybody has uh, this entrepreneurial spirit because, again, sometimes uh, you meet people and people would say, no, me, I cannot do business. I'm only wired for office. <laughs> but, but yes, you know, white-collar jobs and all of that. But with what we're seeing happening, because uh, problems are opportunities for businesses to spring up mm. because essentially businesses are uh, people converting ideas to solve problems and at the same time to create value. Mm. And in creating value, you now reap the dividend of that value which comes back to you as cash. Uh, so if you look at unemployment index in Nigeria, uh, we're looking at over 50%. And in that over 50%, uh, we have majority are young people, which means that unemployment is a youth phenomenon. And if unemployment is a youth phenomenon, and with what we're seeing, the fact that they, it doesn't seem like our government even has plans for young people, for future generations. Why? Because we don't see them saving. Rather, we see them borrowing. Uh, then I, my, 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 my uh, advice, again, to every young person listening to us today is that find something and sell. Like, you just rekindle that entrepreneurship spirit within you. But like I said, something I learned very early is it doesn't have to be that big poultry farm. Start by selling eggs. Then you can save up. Because sometimes you encounter a lot of people, they tell you, I don't have money to start. You don't need huge amount of money. Like she said, it begins by growing it. It's like a seed. You grow it, you plant it as tiny as it is, you water it, consistency, you know, it's required, and you believe in it. And then it grows gradually. So it is not a one-day thing, but you can start with small, simple steps. Think big, but start small. And start by selling something that is just within your vicinity. We can see huge opportunities in food processing, we can see huge opportunities in different diverse areas of our society. So if you think that there's future in white collar job, uh, maybe you're still dreaming. You need to wake up. And uh, I hope <laughs> that by the time you wake up, it's not going to be too late. So sell something. Start by selling eggs so that you can build that big poultry. And again, there are many people out there who are offering us a lot of easy way out. Uh, and I'm saying this with all sense of responsibility. You see all of those Ponzi schemes, they are not the way out. 
all of those Beth Niger, they are not the way out because they are undermining the value of hard work, undermining the value of creating value, real value. Rather, they are telling us that you can just simply sit in your room, predict, and then you make the money. Please, let's not go that route. There are so many problems that are awaiting us to solve. And when we solve those problems, definitely problem solving is equal to value creation. And value creation has brings back value to whoever creates that value. We can begin to build generational businesses, businesses that will hand over to our children, even if we don't have the potential of becoming big politicians, holding big political offices and government appointments and all of that. Let's think from within where you are. What is one predominant problem that you can solve and that create can create value for you and for many other young people? Let's begin there. We can collaborate to set up these things. Uh, maybe I've said a lot, but I think that there's no better way to get more time, free your time, like starting your own business. Yes, for starters, you will struggle. But then when it's a problem that has potential to blow, over time, you just lie down in your room and then the business continues to work for you. Yeah. Just to add to what Fomon said as well, just to encourage people out there, like young ones who feel they don't have the capital, they don't have what it takes, they don't have the big amount of money to start up, I'm a living example, like presently as we speak, I uh, I, I own a fashion shop or something, a business that is, on, that is on the side. But as it is, I started making snacks as little as I started with half measure of flour, last like four cups. But now I make and I supply for people and I'm still doing it. This is another source of income for me. Because it's not about you don't have the big capital. You can start small. Just look look around you. What 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 can you do? What is what can how can you bridge the gap? How can you come in? There are a lot of opportunities around us. As simple as bones or as simple as um, um, what they call it, uh, puff puff fish mm -hmm. roll, all those things. Mm -hmm. These are things people don't easily find around. And then we're gradually getting to the season. You can do. Some people think outside the box. They are seasonal businesses. You can do a seasonal business if you want. Yeah. There are businesses that thrive in certain seasons. So why not think, we have to just think outside the box. Someone like me, I make snacks now. And I make Zobo, the local drink. Yeah. What am I doing? Am I not creating, am I not bridging the gap? Like I know in my environment, this is something that is not common. I'm not just going to my shop or going to my or doing my other stuff. I'm still also bridging the gap here. So you can start little. It's, it's, we have to take out the like, pride, ego. Take it away. It's your hustle. It's your sweat. You have to put in every work into it. Mm. And it will grow. It's not how little. It's how little you start. That's when the big one will come. If you cannot manage this very little one, trust me, it will be hard to manage the big money. Because that's how you test your ability. This is the right time to make the mistake. When you start little, you make the mistake, you correct your mistakes, so that when you face with the big one, you know how to go about it. Thank you. Thank you. As they said, <laughs> the key point I took out, start small, little drops of water, you see, yeah. make exactly. a mighty ocean. <laughs> Not just an ocean, a mighty ocean. And then trust the process. Yes. It's because it will not just rush. 
Oh, is I like I don't I just like that scene. Trust the process. Okay, so thank you, Oscar, for joining us. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Osho, for joining us as well. Thank you very much for this opportunity. This episode of Youth Vibes was produced and mixed by Ernest Nampon in collaboration with Akapa Teacher Youth Fellowship. Our theme music is by Basho Adamu. Please subscribe to Youth Vibes on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, turn on notifications so that you don't miss a single episode. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week.